Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Welcome to another episode, another special episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas Podcast, where we will talk about one of the greatest horror icons, Fred Krueger, on the A Nightmare on Elm Street 35th Anniversary Franchise Special. I am Carlos Rivera, and my partner, the Dream Warrior, the Dream Master, Freddy's Child, Adam Griffin. As always, follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles in the show notes, and the show at It's Them Damn and on Instagram at It's Them Damn and Slot of the Podcast. After last week's fantastic episode about Halloween and Michael Myers, we now move on to another generational icon. And um, I'm going to let you fill in the adjectives of your choice here, Adam, of A Nightmare on Elm Well, Frederick, Jerome, Charles, Kruger, is eternal. That's, that's pretty much that, that's that's how we're starting this one because damn it, I've been waiting uh, twelve weeks to get going. Twelve weeks for this one episode. Um, I'm very happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad all of you are listening because we are going to talk about all things Elm Street tonight. We're recording on this here November sixth. And this drops, hopefully, a day before the actual 35th anniversary of the release of the original Nightmare on Elm Street film, written and directed by Wes Craven. So, in order to tackle a franchise that has eight feature film appearances, 44 episodes of a television show that ran in syndication for two seasons, I figure we start with uh, the most recent news in that... SpectreVision, mainly uh, Elijah Wood and Daniel Noah are in the news uh, as of the past couple days because they have mentioned that they want to have a crack at making a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Um, yeah, because uh, remake news about, or reboot news, or franchise restart news about a Nightmare on Elm Street is always popular. So, um, I, I pasted you this link, and what do you think? Listen, um, after the success of Halloween, you would have thought more people would be jumping at the opportunity to bring back Freddy and a Nightmare on Elm Street. So, if they are, as they are saying, um, moving and have seek or sought permission to uh, work on a on a movie. Let's see what uh 
the West Craven Estate, you know, comes out and says, because I'd be fascinated to see, because, you know, I don't count 2010. No. No, abs- absolutely not. Um, which uh, I tried watching it again a couple days ago in prep for this. And man, I've never been so disheartened by a film uh, outside of going to see Van Helsing when it came out. Because. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we haven't mentioned Van Helsing in a while. <laughs> This uh, yeah, it's like um, when the news broke about Spectre Vision, you know, talking with people. Uh, it broke through ComingSoon.net and then went through to a uh, bloody disgusting, and uh, you know they highlighted a few things about how you know they really want to take a crack at it, and it's always fun to play in that kind of sandbox or at least have the opportunity to deal with something that uh reinvents or you know create something new and the funny thing about the elm street uh remake in 2010 is that originally it was structured to be more along the lines of friday 13 2009 in which that it was a kind of a, a a greatest hits melange that incorporated everything that you knew about the sequels while doing something completely new story-wise and I think had they stuck with that approach we would have had a better film experience because um, I think if you it's it's proof that 20 that 2010 film is proof that a completely let's let's go with dark and brutal Freddy Krueger does not work in when when portrayed in a certain manner um because if you want dark and brutal that movie was definitely trying to be dark and brutal and uh it came up quite short i don't know what i was watching uh at first i was like this is a a nightmare on elm street movie this uh it was dark it was (laughs) dark i mean I get the whole. Again, here we go into this whole process of people trying to explain too much. Right. You know, we get it. Freddy was a bad man. But no, 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 no. We gotta, we gotta go into details about how, how bad of a man he was. And that wasn't fun. That wasn't necessary. Um. Well, again, we've talked about there's certain things in movies that we don't like. You know. To have just let's put it out there right yeah. just leave it there i don't want to go any more into it we know his background he was a killer but then yeah. they had to go into uh i was like watching them like i was just getting i was disgusted at points watching this movie yeah it's like okay uh like the original conception of freddy krueger we've only seen twice on screen and both of them done by wes craven now uh for the first movie there were elements of his backstory that were changed he was changed to be you know explicitly a child killer as to something a bit uh, uh, much more worse was his original conception then okay it sounds horrible for me to say it like this but he was downgraded to being 
you know, uh, a child killer. As horrible as that sounds, I understand. Uh, you know, but that that's that's movie lore for you. So uh, the 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 twenty ten movie decided to go back to the original roots, and man, you know, it, you forget that there's an element of playfulness to the franchise as a whole because it's a movie and you know you're watching a movie you know as as dark uh, presentation wise that the original movie was there was still a light hardness to the fact that it knew that it was a film and it could play with the medium and the audience can be in on the proceedings so much as to still have a good time watching it. There's no good time to be had watching that 2010 movie at all. So. Well, I had a good time watching it because I went to the theater with my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> so, so, there, there so was you a, see what I did there. There was, uh, another, there was another good time involved there. Yeah. I still watch the movie, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can, yeah, I'm, I'm dedicated to the art. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but it was just it, it, then the voice. It was just oh man, the voice just got to me so bad. Like I walked out of there, and I just kept on making fun of the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not a. Uh... Only thing I could say is I hope they learned from that misfire. Uh, whoever gets the rights in North America. Be it you know Spectre Vision or Blumhouse or whoever, you know if it, if it goes back to WB and New Line, you know whoever gets it, I hope they learned that uh, to to continue and have it be a fun movie, you know, to to let the audience be in on the fun of it, of the fact that you know there's there's two things involved in, in, a, in a Nightmare Elsher movie, the fact that. Uh, whatever you do, you can't fall asleep. And that hopefully there's somebody to root for to survive at all costs. That's that's pretty much that is your ingredient to to kind of you know go on a thrill ride there. And um, again, you know, thinking about this episode, it's it's very interesting that. You know, we've only actually seen Freddy Krueger on screen twice under Wes Craven. And everything else, the bulk of what we know from the franchise has been due to sequels. You know? Yeah, well, which is it's just disheartening to think about sometimes because I can sit here and after part one, which is groundbreaking i loved heart one poem was like "Ooh, we got somebody new you know this is this is a different kind of killer this guy's got oh he's got a little backstory okay cool um oh dreamland nice little aspect you know throwing that in there then part two and i feel like it was part one it was part two and part three and nobody can tell me anything about part three because dream warriors as we've discussed many times was the best sequel but at the same time it set us up for 
the bad things to follow after part three. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think Freddy became too funny after part three. Um, there's a difference between being lighthearted, but if we know the guy's a serial killer and he's making, <laughs> he's cracking one-liners, I'm not supposed to want to laugh at, <laughs> at a serial killer. Right. Um, that's what he said. What the majority of what we know of Freddy is has been from the sequels, because part one is so far removed in time now from 35 years that um, 2010 had the opportunity to to ref- like be a refresher. Yeah. And um, it didn't. It didn't do that. Yeah. But I think the the one of the main things that of all the properties, really, uh, all the big horror franchises, Elm Street never needs a reboot. It just needs a refresher because where does the bulk of it take place? Not in reality. It's in, you know, the dreamscape, which, you know, hasn't even been explored on film like that. You know, what are, I mean, they kind of, you know, hint at it with, uh, the Dream Master stuff and the gate guarding stuff from part four and those shitty ass dream demons from Freddy's Dead. Um, but. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but the, you can build out completely while the whole shape of the thing lends itself to recast. You now have the license and ability to have older characters you know from earlier up in the earlier films come back they could be recast they look different why you're in a different reality you're not you know you're not playing by normal rules you know it's you know I thought Freddy was this well he wasn't you know you can always have that refresher you never have to reboot Elm Street you know no you're right which which, which can work it can absolutely work. Like you said, everyone perceives everything differently, just like um, in Dream Warriors, the whole concept that they all have their own dreamlands. Um, like Kincaid, you know, when he's like, when he's, well, this is part four now, but uh, <laughs> when he's, <laughs> he wakes up in the trunk, and he's like, oh, this is, this is my dream world. You know, yeah. like there's a whole concept there of the different dream worlds that they can explore. And Freddy it's just Freddy doesn't have to be the Fred Krueger that we know, but you still have to have that iconic glove because that's that's what everyone that's what everyone thinks about Halloween movies, cosplay, the symbol. You know, Jason and Michael have the mask. Uh, Freddy has his you know his glove. Yeah. So I mean, they, they'd have to incorporate that into it, but everyone has a different. Uh, vision of freddy and that could definitely work yeah i um we mentioned dream warriors and how it was both the the best uh best you know highlight of the franchise as well as the worst because it uh it set up the fact that okay well this this formula worked so we have to blow it up and then we have to, you know, double down on what worked when everybody laughs at Freddy. So 
let's let's crack up the jokes and let's have our main characters suddenly forget all the crap they went through and let's you know let's let's move towards freddy and move away from what made dream warriors work you know was the fact that you finally had a, a group of protagonists that weren't ignoring that everybody had the same problem mm-hmm. you know like why did uh okay you know even in part one nancy's trying to rally the troops so to speak nobody believes her everybody gets got uh, part two. Poor Jesse. Now, uh, if you haven't seen part two, listeners, the body horror in Freddy's Revenge is some of the best stuff in the franchise. Just because it it takes you know the alienation of being a loner, being outcast in high school, going through issues in high school. Uh, that you might not have backup on, pretty much, and dials it up to a thousand. Um, but again, that character is pretty much alone. That entire movie going through that hell. Uh, no backup. Dream Warriors rectifies it. It says, "No, you have a team. You have backup. You know, if we stick together, you can overcome anything." Uh, of course they don't really stick together because they get split up and uh, everything that they kind of learned in Dream Warriors is unlearned (laughs) for Dream Master because what do they do in sequels you have to expand and contract so Kincaid becomes completely stupid Joey stupid Kristen triple stupid (laughs) well once Joey started talking it was a rap (laughs) <laughs> and they spend a whole <laughs> most of part three is a mute and then I'll say you're speaking you're not, you're not gonna do well in the sequel you're not nope and Kincaid was the baddest man baddest dude alive in Dream Warriors that's right and then and then, <laughs> then he got got Kincaid uh, uh, Fred rerun Barry fan extraordinaire <laughs> it's just ah <sighs> <laughs> just, just despicable. He was, he, was, like, he was so bad. He was so bad, Dream Warriors. Like, you could, no, man, nobody could could do nothing to him in part three. Right? Nothing. Then part four, like a sucker. Yep. Like, a, like the first one out. First one out. Yep. Awful. Awful. And then Joey's horny little freak. <laughs> he deserves, actually, you know, think about it. But they were so likable in part three. All the, all the protagonists, you know, the whole group, they were all likable. And part three had a lot of, uh, had probably, I think, most uh, imaginative kills in the franchise. And I think that's what what was made made so such a good good part. But then it 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 led to the rise of the one line Freddy. Well, yeah. Welcome to time, bitch. I couldn't, I couldn't take him seriously after that one. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't even... Yeah, there's no there's no way to follow it up. You're forever going to try and top that one line. That's... Well, they tried it in another part four. How's yeah. that for a wet dream? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I could I probably I probably know all the one-liners throughout the whole freaking series. Because <laughs> it, like, it's like they set them up. They're like, oh, here it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for a wet dream? <laughs> oh man! And then they brought in the Nintendo down the line. <laughs> yep. playing with power <laughs> it's just, it's like, <laughs> it was like oh here we go here we go knucklehead that's like me and i kind of set up some jokes i'm like oh i'm gonna get i'm gonna get griff good one of these days uh-huh. oh, here's a joke oh, see what i did there then no one laughs i'm like god damn it <laughs> that's how i felt every movie waiting for that one big one-liner to come from freddy yep yeah, it uh, they really uh, and I think it helps because Robert England just sells the hell out of whatever <laughs> whatever Freddie's got to say. He just completely goes for it. Oh no, he nails it. He nails it. Now before we move on, I just I just wanted to remind everyone what else part two. Um, when I re- did a rewatch, no. Oh, uh, last week, part two and part three, I, I stated that part three was the greatest sequel, and then there was part two. The reason why I think about these things is that I felt uh, like the whole Jesse thing was great, but the rest of the movie could have could have done more. But part two did give us one of the greatest rap songs ever. Ever, and they couldn't even use the copyright for Freddy, which is awful in the music video. Yes, yes, uh, referring to that classic. Oh, that classic! <laughs> Drop it right here, right now. <laughs> I still got the CD. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Um, a new nightmare. That was that was what I needed to see after part one. Um, a new nightmare works on two levels. Number one, it's Wes Craven reclaiming Freddy Krueger while also commenting on the fact that Freddy Krueger pretty much got franchised out 
throughout the 80s and early 90s. And in part two, part the second part of that is that New Nightmare is also one of the best stealth sequels to any movie. Uh, because it is pretty much, plotline-wise, it's pretty much a stealth sequel to part one. Now, yes, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Freddy's in the real world and Heather Langenkamp and Robert Englund and Wes Kramer all play themselves. But if you strip it down and you take a look at, let's, let's look at it from the character standpoint of Nancy, all right? So she makes it out of part one. She's grown up. Uh, she has, you know, she has domestic life. She is married to a special effects artist. She's working on a movie. Um, we're in the early 90s, so we're in the age of shock television, and you have a serial killer on the news, on your, you know, sensationalized news television programs every five minutes. So it's not far of a stretch to say that somebody would have, you know, tried to franchise out Freddy Krueger. MTV World World. Yeah. Freddy. And, uh, you know, just, you know, cash in on this dead serial killer. So she does the rounds on talk shows. She meets with the actor who is playing Freddy, who is now adored by his fans. Um, and she starts having these dreams again. And now her son's aff affected by them. Um, she has hospital doctors asking her if she's told her son about the things she went through as a child, her medical history, if you will. And then at the end, she finally buys into, she remembers her past. She accepts it for what it is, and she faces down that monster one more time. It is the perfect stealth sequel to part one that you're ever going to find. It is a masterful movie and one of the best horror movies of the 90s. It is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And it's a creepy looking Freddy. Yes. Yes, it is. That is a creepy. <laughs> like, all right. This this face is. Oh, my God. Like, I could I could I could deal with the original Freddy. All right. All right. It was a little disgusting when I first saw it. I mean, when I came back, this is a uh, well, 35 years. Jeez. 84, right? Yeah, if I can do quick math. Um, so I had to probably see it till 89, 90. I probably saw it. 9, 10. Part one. I ain't gonna lie. Part one's got got to me. Part, part, part one was scary. Yeah. Especially when you're still like at a young age like that, where you are having nightmares. And hey, I'm not. We've known now, listeners, throughout the uh, history of this show. I'm not afraid to admit when something embarrassing is happening to me. So, yes, I would wake up crying in the middle of the night sometimes having nightmares. I don't care. I'm a grown-ass man. I got over it. When New Nightmare came out, I was like, shit. This is, this is, this is what I remember scaring me when I first saw the first Freddy. Um, and then the, the, the story. And I was like, huh, this works. This works. But Wes Craven is a genius, so. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that, that design for Freddy was the the trench coat and the hat were well. The trench coat was was part of the original d- design that they ended up not using. Actually, they they used that look for a couple of the uh, the um, the uh, like some like publicity photos, I guess. Oh yeah, I got one right here. See if you can see him in the. Of course you do. <laughs> Is that a rap? What's that? Is a it's cover a, uh, for, his, for his album? It's a... But I know. I mean, that's a book. I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have to say what the book is. It is a uh, collection of short stories. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger's Seven Sweetest Dreams. I've had this book for damn near... It's 91. So, yeah. About 20 years. Um... But, uh, yeah, so they went back to that trench coat look once before, but then they finally put it into the films. Um, but, yeah, there are no jokes in that movie. Like, <laughs> the movie's not funny. It's not, which is great. <laughs> this is not, he's not, he's not concerned about his stand-up routine. <laughs> no. Gotham Comedy Club or Bananas. He has, he has no he has no minutes he has no new material to work out it's all <laughs> there's no red light stopping him he ain't, he ain't he ain't about to get threatened and quit and go to South Africa no <laughs> it's all no. too, too soon I mean it's, come on it's been like it's been 15 years still hurts <laughs> I love that show still hurts <laughs> Ishikawa's doing okay for himself. Yeah, this is true. He got the money back, so he's fine. Yeah, he's um, fine. He's fine. He's fine. He got the money back. He's fine. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, it's it's funny. Like like I said, the type of show, like I, I keep saying, the original New Nightmare are the only two times we've seen, you know, that presentation completely unfiltered. So, you know, everybody's... There have been comments... And I, I, uh, you know, I, I get worried when I when I see the the, the uh, bluntly stated comments of what a new Elm Street movie should be, because you know I ain't trying to see a fan base ruin something before it comes out. You know, I get enough of that whenever Star Wars hits or uh, whenever you know something I like starts up. Somebody goes, whoa. It's going to suck. It's like, you know, if you keep saying something's going to be horrible before it comes out, odds are you're already working yourself to think that it's horrible. So when it comes out, you think it's going to be horrible. And then you tell everybody it's going to be horrible. And what do people do? Because they can't think for themselves. They think it's horrible. Don't do that to Elm Street, please. Please don't do that to Elm Street. Let's, let's take it when it comes out. You know, and see what happens because if you think about it we've been through the worst of it we've been through the 2010 movie we've been through the fact that there have been no movies we've been through um, the uh, mind numbing double shot of or triple shot excuse me of uh, Dream Child Freddy's Nightmares to Freddy's Dead where if you thought the jokes in part four were bad great googly moogly they go all in on this presentation of 
Freddy as, you know, the complete trickster jokester guy. So, we have been through the worst of it. And I say this as a, uh, <laughs> as a fan of both Freddy's Nightmares and Freddy's Dead. Already been through the worst of it. So, uh, and, and we're not getting, we're not getting Freddy vs. Jason again. That is lightning in a bottle that cannot be repeated. You know? <laughs> and, and, uh, and Robert England, what's great in that is Freddy, because the jokes weren't even, were rarely there. And when they were there, it's because he was not being nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. T- tell me how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> like, for, for me, and, you know, I got, I got three main horror franchises. I got Evil Dead. I got Phantasm. And I got Elm Street. Those are my 1A, 1B, 1C. Because all the, all the slashers go back and forth. They all fight in, in my head. <laughs> and I don't, I, don't, um, I don't really consider Freddy a slasher, to be honest. Because uh, while there are slasher elements, the movies themselves are so fantastical and take place on a different reality that, you know, the general slasher logic doesn't apply. I mean, it does because we're watching movies, but realistically, that franchise should be able to do anything and can't do anything on screen. It's just a matter of seeing it play out. But um, the, the actual reason why I like the franchise is because to me it represents the end of a presentation of an era this idyllic suburban plateau you know just gets completely destroyed over the course of six movies um, and of course like, like all things it started beforehand with this Springwood slasher killing people parents bob up and take care of it but you know that general generational trauma carries forward and because they never fully deal with it it wipes out an entire town because by the end of uh by the start of freddy's dead elm street's gone there are no more kids in it all the adults have lost their damn minds and that's for sure and uh all Freddy's left to do is to get out, and um, you know, that's 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 pretty much it. So yeah, I uh, you know I hope that they can, I hope that they can you know do right by the franchise as a whole. I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know if they will because it's hard to say. You know, if you, if you go into it thinking you can just remake it. Like I said, we already saw how that works, and it ain't gonna work. So, you know. Listen, <laughs> nowadays, the one thing that speaks above all else is the color green cash 
rules everything around me. Dollar, yes. dollar bill, y'all. To quote the great Method Man. That's right. All right. They saw how successful Halloween 2018 was. And it was done right in the right hands. They could have that same success with a dedicated... There's people dedicated that want to want to do the story and they yeah. want to do it right. Let's give them the opportunity to do it. Let's see Frederick Charles Kruger back doing his thing. Son of a man in the Kruger. And what is it? A hundred? Was it a hundred? hundred of that, that crazy uh, thousand. Or a thousand. Yep. I stopped counting at ten. So <laughs> I think ten's enough, but Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I uh I mean you, you, the hook is there to make more movies. Uh Wes Craven told you himself you gotta make more movies. <laughs> Way back in ninety four. Make more movies or the real evil will come out. And that uh, hey <laughs> if if that ain't uh if we haven't seen proof yeah yeah um yeah I, uh, I mean even New Line New Line has the perfect opportunity to uh you could do you can just run him right into the Conjuring universe you have your fictionalized warrants <laughs> you know Freddy versus the Nun uh. it's right there huh <laughs> Here is. is one of Adam's ideas, y'all. It is right there. Please go on. You know, I—I I mean, I just—it's just based on the imagery of uh, Freddie hating his mother <laughs> and, see, and seeing this nun moving in on his turf <laughs> and being angry. <laughs> I don't have much there ain't much to it <laughs> cause ain't nobody paying me so uh, yeah, well that's true so I can't say everything oh Freddy's Freddy's mom issues <laughs> the, which happens to be a nun so uh, <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> hey you know he told me he was going to leave me speechless at one point. I think he <laughs> I think he may have achieved that. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, I I, I, always, I I love this franchise. Um, I think I think as far as as far as uh, for for dedicated movie ideas, I think Freddy Krueger is one of the best ideas ever created specifically for movies you know you can play with the entire structure and texture of a movie through whatever you have you want to whatever story you want to have him inhabit um yeah it's a shame that we haven't had a new movie in such a long time so um I don't know I, I, I I'm trying not to repeat myself and I'm trying not to yell but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just go ahead. I'll just mute you. <laughs> They'll still hear you, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yell, all, yell all you want. 
Um, let, let it out. Uh, like, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we need a new box set from Scream Factory or Shout Factory. I think we need Freddy's Nightmares finally released because the uh, the elements for HD are out there because it was on El Rey Network a couple years ago. Um, you know, I think we we need we need more. And you know, it's 35 years. And uh, if I mean, like like you said, if they did Halloween, Halloween can come back. Um, yeah, Freddy can too. You don't want him to end up like Pinhead. <laughs> so, so you know, let's, let's see. Let's see what happens. And, uh, and Freddy was—you'd have to say Freddy's probably the most uh, likable of, uh, of all the horror icons. Yeah, the most recognizable. I mean, everyone's everyone's always gotta think about. They know his. They know his backstory. They know his. You know his burnt face. They know his glove. They know his color scheme. His hat. Everyone knows Freddy. Yep. Yeah. And he has been away from his children for far too long. But that right there was a quote from Freddy vs. Jason. And since we're quoting movies, I think that means I got to get out of here. <laughs> so, because we'll be here all night. That's right. <laughs> and with that, this has been another episode of It's Some Damage. A lot of the podcast. You can check the show notes for all our social media info. We got Twitter. We got iTunes. We got Spotify. We got a Discord. We got a Tumblr. We got the works. Please feel free to leave a review and do all that fun stuff. You know, do something as simple as telling your friends about us because every little bit of buzz helps us grow in the long run. As always, uh, podcast producer for the stars, Mark Warren, has been responsible for making us sound oh so spectacular. So thank you for all that you do, Mark. Told ya, comic books was bad for ya. Mark, no! Until next time, please, by all means, have fun, watch horror movies, and remember to always drink responsibly. And those five magic words that we will repeat until you get it. Hydrate, 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 hydrate. Uh, next time we will be tackling Saw so get ready thank you for listening take care and goodbye live or die make your choice